we are not looking to the Holy Father as the ideology is looking to the leader in China or, or the North Korea or, or dictator where human beings are absolutizing themselves as if they were gods. You know? The Pope, the bishops, the priests are not God. You know? We cannot as Christians only uh, continue with our old prejudices. Our mission is to overcome the prejudices, to come together to give a good example. No? Hello and welcome again to the John Henry Weston Show. We are coming to you, obviously, from Rome, where we are in the presence of Cardinal Gerhard Müller, the former head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. And uh, one quick question for you. This apartment, is it the same apartment that Cardinal Ratzinger had? It's the same apartment, and he gave it personally to me when he became Pope. Yeah. For seven years, this apartment was empty, <laughs> and he gave it exactly personally for me, for you. He said, wow. you are my friend, for you. Amazing. So we are coming to you literally from the former apartment of Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI. This is the John Henry Weston Show. And I know you're going to want to stay tuned for this one. Your Eminence, so good to be with you. If you wouldn't mind, start us off with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're all here for the funeral of uh, Benedict XVI. This morning you were there uh, in the cold. Uh, but uh, for the funeral mass. First of all, if you can tell us what were your takeaways from the funeral mass and uh, then what is your message about your memory of and your, your love for Pope Benedict? Yeah, the funeral mass is like the funeral masses for every uh, Catholics and it's a, a prayer in the power of the Holy Cross, of the sacrifice of uh, Jesus Christ on the cross which is sacramentally present in the Holy Mass. And we are believing to be united with the Christians, believers, not more believers, but now they are seeing God from face to face with all the baptized in the heaven. And now the baptized the believers here on the, in the pilgrim church and also with the souls in the purgatory. But we hope for him that is not more in the purgatory, he had enough purgatory on earth. With Cardinal Ratzinger, who you worked with, and then later with, with Pope Benedict, he was a man obviously of great suffering, who, who suffered in the church, even from his own brothers in the church. Tell us a little bit about that, if you will, especially from your knowledge of it with working with him personally. There is, is, is a wrong ideology that the church is behind of the development of the modern world and therefore we have to modernize the church and this understanding or the normal Catholic understanding church can never be behind of the time because Jesus is the fullness of time and never we can overcome Jesus the only mediator between God the Father and us the humankind uh, only the style and so and, and the form of theology, the answers to the challenges of the different times and epochs can change, but not 
the, the revelation, the word of God has his value forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever and all eternity. And therefore, uh, the truth of Jesus Christ is outside of this competences between so-called conservatives or progressists and liberals and all. This is only political categories, has nothing to do with our relation to God in his word and in this uh, healing of our souls and the salvation. There is no uh, conservative baptism or progressive baptism or the craze is not uh, liberal or not liberal. Uh, this is absolute absurd to define the question of the faith uh, with political uh, categories. And what is the new time, the modernity, is only the modern technology or the mod modern medicine could help us. Or the modernity is also shaped by strange and bad ideologies, uh, understanding, definition of, of man, of all the existence of the world without God in the great ideologies in the French Revolution, the Jacobins, no? and with all this terrorism and all these characteristics of, the, of these modern ideologies, the communism, the national socialism, fascism, but now the post-humanism, all this, uh, the woke culture, all anti-humanistic ideologies, and we must resist against it, and we are more modern than Irenaeus of Lyon, the first and second century, in his big uh, work against the Gnostics of all times, is that Jesus can never be overcome, not by, politicals, by, by politicians, nor by politics, nor by ideologies, nor by philosophy, because Jesus is uh, Homo Novissimus, most modern man of the world because he is the same, Alpha and Omega, um, the beginning, the origin, and the aim, goal of uh, everything. And this was the position of Cardinal Ratzinger Professor, Ratzinger Cardinal Ratzinger, and Pope Benedict. He is belonging to the great um, culture, European culture, um, Platon, Aristoteles, Aristotle, and all these great philosophers of, of the uh, European culture, the Roman Rite, and Athens, and Jerusalem, was its three points of the orientation. Christianity, Christian faith is not a mixture of all this, but is shaping all the human thinking, all the all this uh, longing for um, and is a, the fulfillment of all human desires. No? And um, I think some bishops or theologians was in contrary, contradiction to him, not only on the level of different theological styles or schools is this possible, in the church, we have the St. Thomas Aquinas, Duns Scotus as the same Catholic faith, but different. Or St. Thomas Aquinas and the style of St. Augustine, and Basilius the Great, and so 
a different style and the form to express themselves and was confronted to other questions, other challenges of, of their times. That is not the question, but uh, here was the question, what is the truth of the Catholic faith revealed forever? And the mixture between these modern uh, ideologies. No? He, Joseph Ratzinger, when he was a young man, or a boy first, and a young man, adolescent, um, when he was six years old, or five years old, and in Germany the Nazis, Nazis came to the power, and he grew up in this time, but in the Catholic family it was absolutely clear that the Nazi ideology has nothing to do with the contradiction to the Christian and Catholic faith, but he was in this confrontation in the, in the youth time, is very important, and he did see what is happening if um, God is denied, no? what is human being without God, and these human beings are enemies uh, to God. No? And he later was as Pope in Auschwitz. He said that is a that's a result of the neo-paganism, of the denying of God, no? because the Jewish people have the same faith like we in the believing of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the God and Father of Jesus Christ is the God who spoke first to in Moses in the first alliance. And this was a contradiction, also the communism, Stalinism, con direct contradiction, not against the philosophical uh, belief in God, but against the biblical uh, revelation of this God, how, who, how we see revealed himself in the history of salvation and what is present in our great testimony in the Bible. And that is a great uh, legacy of uh, Josef Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, to be firm in the belief in God and in his spiritual testament he wrote it and said it. Um, to be very sure and firm in the faith. And there is no, no other salvation for us as in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Absolutely. His quote from the Last Testament that you're mentioning is he was to say, to stand firm and to not be confused. In one of the sufferings that um, Pope Benedict um, sort of endured, particularly in these last few years while he was Pope Emeritus, was the suffering from the bishops of Germany. And that's what suffering that you yourself experienced as well, both as the head of the CDF and then after uh, but also both of you as bishops from Germany, watching your confreres, your brother bishops in Germany, seem to go against the faith in so many different ways. Was that something that hurt Pope Benedict to see? But also in this last number of days, as he was closing his life, he saw uh, Pope Francis, um, it, it seemed, would put 
as the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, Bishop Vilma, who is very much on that line that the German bishops are taking, the line that I believe you have called one that goes against the faith. Bishop Vilma, I don't know him personally, and I want to say anything against his, his person, but his positions, <clears throat> he's taking part of the so-called synodal path, uh, are heretical. Um, because not only heretical, it is is an absolute uh, contradiction to the revealed anthropology. No? If we say God created human being in the Logos, in the Son of God, uh, at the beginning, male and female, and according to his likeness, um, in body and soul, we cannot deny it with the so-called uh, new anthropology. is nothing, not a new anthropology. This is an absolute distinction, separation between uh, the center of the person, uh, the autonomy, and on the other side, uh, the body. Uh, we are <laughs> a union between soul and body. We cannot separated. If we are separated, we will die, no? <laughs> and, but we will not fall back in, in the nothing, but we will be, after our death, confronted to God as our judge, our final judge, ultimate and definitive judgment we receive about all we are doing. And all these uh, documents they have against the priesthood, the sacramental priesthood, and the, the matrimony, matrimony as a sacrament, uh, and about the sexual ethics, um, are absolutely against, not in only some points, but in all the hermeneutic of these questions. This is a contradiction to the revealed uh, Catholic faith. They want to a little bit to hide it, um, presenting themselves as Catholics in the other way. Uh, but there is no Catholicism in other ways, only the way. Jesus Christ is the way, and there is no other so-called other way of those who uh, are thinking Jesus was only uh, the beginning point of a great Christian culture. And we have to make it more perfect, huh? and we have to modernize as if Jesus uh, was also only an ancient thinker or a religious founder or anything. And we can develop Buddha and, 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 and Confucius, or we can modernize Plato or the Aristotle. <laughs> If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for all the times, for the eternal times, um, there is it's not possible to correct him <laughs> or to fulfill. Jesus is a fulfillment of the revelation. He's the Logos, is the Word of God. And nobody can present himself as more intelligence, as intellectus divinus. That's a 
Logos ist Intellectus, Intelligence. Ne? The divine intelligence is revealed in Jesus Christ and therefore about what is belonging to our relation to God in salvation, that is absolutely and fully revealed in Jesus Christ. One of the things that for Pope Benedict was very dear to his heart and just Archbishop Genswein gave an interview with Tagespost just now about what broke Pope Benedict's heart. He talked about, um, you know, one of Pope Benedict's probably greatest legacies will be Sumorum Pontificum. And Archbishop Genswein talked about how, for the very first time, about how uh, Traditionis Custodis broke Pope Benedict's heart. If you can explain that for us, what's behind that and uh, what that means. Well, this question is not on the strict dogmatic level because we have in the church the same Holy Mass, the same sacrament of Eucharist, but in different rites and also the, the so-called Latin Roman rite has his certain developments, but not belonging to the substance, but the external forms. Uh, the Gloria was not all the time at the beginning in the Holy Mass, this was, but at the end, um, there was developed a certain form of the certain type of the Latin rite. And the, and the Council, the Second Vatican Council, didn't want to change, to substitute the Latin rite. No? Only um, a little bit making clearer because in, in some times, in some um, epochs, there was in the 10th century, we can say a little bit a mixture between the old um, Roman rite and uh, these churches in, in Gallia, today France and, and Germany, and so it was a little bit mixture and was some elements um, was not so absolutely well ordered. No? And this was the only proposal of the um, Vatican Council and to give the, the lectures and the gospel in uh, the language of, of the people, but they didn't want to eliminate the Latin as a basic um, language, liturgical language in, in the Latin rite. But they have, have so some um, problems in the, the realization of the liturgical uh, renewal and some um, mistakes or so some abuses, no? as, as if the liturgy were only uh, self, self reverential uh, cult and not the adoration of God. So the, the, the authentic and the Christological mediation, and though it was a misunderstanding of, of the sacraments as only a religious rite according to the pleasure of the, of the, of the people, uh, and all these symbols, the religious symbols expressing my feeling according to the absolute and so, and not the, the, the shape and the, the reality of the sacramental presence of the grace of Jesus Christ in the seven sacraments, especially in the, in the Eucharist. 
And this was a very wise decision of Pope Benedict XVI to distinguish between the ordinary rite in the, in the newer form and the extraordinary rite also by underlining that the Vatican Council didn't want to make a rupture in the continuity of the life of the Catholic Church and in the Catholic liturgy. But now I think there was came some people to him and said oh, they are uh, the reactionaries and the conservatives and the rigid people. They are preferring the old right and we must destroy uh, this old right and then we are going together. But I think that was not pastorally very wise no? to act so brutally uh, in questions which are not on the dogmatic level. No? But I think, I think it's a certain contradiction. Where is possible a plurality, legitimate plurality in the liturgical expression? This is a bit suppressed. And when we are on the dogmatical level of the doctrine of the church, of the revealed faith, there they are very liberal. No? They accept all the heresies, no? as if the heresy, the contradiction against the revelation would be one form of the expression. No? They are very totalitarian in the one uh, way where is possible a legitimate plurality and where we have the unity in the face. The Pope is the first uh, responsible for the unity of the, all the bishops and the faithful in the one revealed face. No? That is the expression also of Irenaeus of Lyon. No? We have everywhere the same faith in Libya, Egypt, Gallia, France, Germany, the old Germanys, and everywhere in Spain and in Rome, we have everywhere the same faiths in spite of different languages, cultures, and so uh, the unity in the faith. And also the Second Vatican Council in Lumen Gentium about the church is saying, what, what, is, what is the service? What is the mission of, of the Pope? No? Not only to be here, uh, some uh, rights for, for, for popular, popularism and so, and uh, to attract the people for the television and so. But the Pope uh, is a successor of St. Peter. This instituted to be, uh, to guarantee the, and the unity of all believers in the revealed faith, not a unity made by men, by manipulating, by political means and so, <laughs> but the unity in Jesus Christ, no? that is a, the faith in Jesus Christ. I hope for the future that this is more strict theological thinking, a theological orientation, 
what is the theology and the question of, of theological schools, but the theological perception of the revealed faith, which is the basis of the unity of the Catholic Church. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. Speaking of the future of the church, there are a number of people who are very concerned now because they saw Pope Emeritus Benedict in his retirement as a sort of hand of, of stopping perhaps Pope Francis or, or the liberal wing of the church or whatever you want to call it from going even further. So that Benedict was kind of holding back perhaps even a more severe push to one side. Do you sense that that might be the case? And, and what do you think is the future, the near future of the church now that Pope Benedict has died? Nobody knows. <laughs> in the past, the church has been sometimes in trouble with bishops. In the time of St. Augustine, the Pelagians was a majority against the Catholics in North Africa. There were big troubles in the, in the time of the Arians. No? John Henry Newman wrote a big book about the Arians in the fourth century, times of crisis in the so-called Reformation, the splitting of the church in the middle of, the, of Europe, Germany, Switzerland, Holland, uh, Netherlands. So the question of the understanding of the primacy of the Holy Roman Church with her bishop as successor of St. Peter, no? the Pope cannot do what he wants. No? Pope Benedict also explained it on the high level. And also I explained in my book about the mission of, of the Pope. No? Nobody can say that Cardinal Müller has any doubt about the role of St. Peter in the church, but will not say that we have to accept all what happened in the history of papacy. No? We had some problematic figures in the cathedral uh, of uh, St. Peter. And also Newman said, yeah, we have not to expect all what is said and, and made, and etc. The infallibility, infallibility of the Pope it's referring only to those things who are revealed, not the use ecclesiasticum only the the, the varieties of of, the, of some regulations, the practical regulations in the church, or the statements of the Pope to to Russia or to China, that nothing to do with the infallibility. We respect surely. The Holy Father, but as the Jansenists say, there's only what we are thinking, we, we, what we respect as Catholic, the Holy Father, as a person, single person, Antinous, 
task and his mission, but not in a blind way. You know. We are not looking to the Holy Father as the ideology is looking to the leader in China or, or in North Korea or, or dictator, where human beings are absolutizing themselves as if they were gods. You know. The Pope, the bishops, the priests are not God. You know. <laughs> they are ministers have to serve and Jesus after his resurrection before his ascension to the heaven is that you uh, have to preach the gospel no? and to baptize the people make them my disciples uh, in the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit but including all the other sacraments and at the end he said you have to teach the people in the world not your ideas, but what I have taught to you. <laughs> Jesus is the only teacher in the church, and the apostles, bishops, are only teachers in the name of Jesus. No? They not, have not other, other thoughts and other uh, doctrines, no? and we must be firm in the doctrine of the apostles. And when Peter and St. Paul came to Rome, they brought with them the basic doctrine of the apostles. That's why they are the founders of the Roman Church, not only in the technical sense, the founders, when they came to Rome, they had been just Christians, but the Church of Rome has its basis in the doctrine of the princes of the, the apostles, the first two important apostles, Peter and Paul. No? That, that is why then Irenaeus said, therefore all other churches, local churches and their bishops have to be in, in accordance with the Holy Roman Church because it's founded and St. Peter and uh, St. Paul, their doctrine, their doctrine of the, the apostles. No? And so this is very important that the, the, the popes have very uh, strong theological advisors and not only adulators, as the Holy Father, as you are saying, is every time the best and you are have illumination directly from the Holy Spirit. That is not the case. Popes, the bishops, the diocese, they cannot refer themselves only to their formal authority. I am the bishop, you must to obey me. It's not like in the, in the army. He is a general and here are the simple soldiers and they have to obey. Everybody has received the Holy Spirit and the bishops, as shepherds, they have a special task within the complexity of the body of Christ and uh, all the special charismas. No? Everybody has received the Holy Spirit and we are obey to our bishop and all the church to the Holy Father because he is saying the truth. No? And not on the contrary, no? mm -hmm. cannot say because the Holy Father is saying this is true, mm -hmm. but on the contrary, because 
thing is true, a question or revelation is true, is revealed, and therefore he can give us his orders to obey. In reality, we don't not obey to him, to human person, but we are obeying to God because Pope, bishops, councils are presenting us the word of God. Now we come to perhaps a very difficult question, at least difficult for America. In the beginning of Pope Francis's reign, um, Cardinal Burke was removed as the head of the Apostolic Signatura, given the position uh, with the um, Order of Malta, but then sort of removed from that as well. And then also with yourself, you were removed uh, rather unceremoniously from the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. But you were both Roman cardinals, curial cardinals, and the effect of that, while severe, wasn't as severe perhaps as what's going on, also because even though you were removed from your positions, you were still cardinal. In the United States now, we have the laicization of a priest known throughout America, throughout North America, in fact, throughout most of the world, as the pro-life priest. Father Frank Pavone, who has been the head of Priests for Life and also runs a ministry uh, for women who have experienced abortion, has been removed from the priesthood. It's stunning for America because we see from America who gets removed from the priesthood. Cardinal McCarrick. But only after like years, even decades of people already knowing there was a huge sexual problem. But with Father Pavone, we're, we're not talking about any sexual problem. We're talking about the best-known priest fighting for John Paul II's ministry of the culture of life. That fight which the Pope, John Paul, and supported by Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, and then later pushed also by Pope Benedict, supported Father Frank Pavone in this great work. In fact, John Paul II called Father Marx when he was doing the same work, as doing the most important work on earth, and yet Father Frank Pavone is laicized. We have brought with us to Rome a petition of over 45,000 Catholics begging the Holy Father to revoke this decision that was made by the Congregation for Clergy on November the 9th. Scandalously, Father Pavone didn't even know of the position, the, 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 the banning him from the priesthood or laicization until the media got to him just in December. Um, if you can comment at all for us on this, that would be most appreciated. I read also this letter, which was, he, uh, he informed, or the, or the publicity was informed of the secularization of a priest, that not he himself. I think this is unguilty, <laughs> and it's only, I've, I think, a political actions. The secularization of a priest, as a priest is instituted by Jesus Christ, himself and not by the Pope and not by the Bishop, can be a secularization only a penalty in the ultimate case, in the case of apostasy or strong heresy or uh, absolutely uh, contradictorial behavior con against uh, the priesthood. But the reasons here presented are not justified, not justifying 
secularization, I think, is a, is a is the only political action. I think there was surely a lot of pressures of the Democratic Party and those uh, activists in, in abortion, uh, and they made surely pressure here. I don't know what happened here in, in Rome, <laughs> but I see only the, uh, the phenomena, what was is happening, and nobody with a certain theological understanding or with a feeling, human feeling, of justice and injustice and human rights can understand it and not accept it. No? There are other prominent persons, in, also in the United States and other countries, who are denying openly the basics of the Catholic faith and morals, and they have no no reactions uh, from the side of the ecclesiastical authority and those people who are fighting for the life against this brutal crime of killing of a person in the modern womb. Second Vatican Council said, is a, is a, is a, don't know exactly the English translation, but it's a, it's a brutal crime against humanity. Um, and also, the, since ever, the doctrine and the conviction of the Church, if God is the creator of human life, nobody has the right to destroy another life with what reasons ever. And also this, this position, there's a right of women to kill their own babies that cannot be justified in any way. There was great ideologies and totalitarian systems, atheistic systems, who are saying we can kill the babies or the ill person or the old people. We have to kill because they have no more worth, economical worth. This is only a reduction of the human um, dignity to their economical price and worth. No? There's no difference um, to the misleading or, and uh, maltreatment in China or in other uh, countries. No? Uh, yeah, China is rich, has success, economical success. Yeah, because why the, uh, the party is exploiting the people? where the human dignity of every Chinese man or woman. And we as church, we must not interfere in the politics, but we have to say what are the guidelines for the politics, the moral essence of politics. The politics is, is not in the sense of Machiavelli to remain your own power, but the politicians have to work for the good of the people. <laughs> that is our democratic understanding from politics. No? Defending the people against Ukraine, against the aggressions, but in the politic inside of a country, the own line they have to follow of politicians is not their own power, they are 
own interests, but the wealth of the people, bonum comune. In America, I have to say, we, we feel kind of abandoned by the Holy Father. We feel we had support from John Paul II as the pro-life movement. We had that great support from Benedict as well. But it seems to have gone uh, in the last decade or so. But you yourself have been, for us, a, a great stalwart. Uh, especially you just came to visit with Mark Houck when he and his family were persecuted under the Biden administration for being pro-life. Uh, so I want to thank you for that. How it is possible that 30 heavy armed policemen, women, are entering a house with, with seven children of, from two to 70 years and so, uh, and to threatening them with arms. Where, what is happening? Unfortunately, today in the Catholic Church, first, we felt ourselves as Catholics in all the world, in all the languages, as the same family. And now there are the, the prejudices of the, the Americans and the, the North American United States. And the, I had a long time being 15 years every year in, in Latin America, and I see there are also prejudices, but could have been also there. Uh, reasons in the history, but we cannot, as Christians, only uh, continue with our old prejudices. Our mission is to overcome the prejudices mm -hmm. <laughs> and to come together to give a good example. No? Yeah. Where we are, uh, often I am in Poland and Germany, all the Hitler time and so terrible was terrible. What can we do as Catholics? Not continuing. You have said, no, you have said, no, 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 no. We have to give a good example that is possible to live together, especially in the Catholic Church. And the Holy Father is the father of the whole Catholic family. And I cannot say this of my children. It's better than the other children, than the other child. No? We are finite or finite human beings with our limits and so. And also in the natural family it's possible that the mother or the father is loving a little bit more this one or the other one of the children. Uh, the, this is cool as a teacher, surely, if we have 40 pupils. It's naturally to have more sympathy for the one and, and less for the other. But in this position, as father or mother or teacher or pastor, shepherd, you must overcome your own limits. You must be correct and equal to every body. In this very place where Pope Benedict, or at, while he was Cardinal Ratzinger, lived. He did something that American pro-lifers will always remember. He was in the position which you later held as the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith. The year was 2004. The bishops of the United States were debating the question of communion for pro-abortion politicians. And under the direction of Pope John Paul II, Cardinal Ratzinger 
wrote to the bishops the letter worthiness to receive communion, which is sort of not talked about. The suppressed by the Cardinal, Cardinal McCarrick. McCarrick, that typically, no? It was. It was sent officially from Rome in the name of Cardinal Ratzinger for John Paul II to intervene in the debate over whether pro-abortion politicians should be denied Holy Communion. And the letter said they must be denied Holy Communion by the Minister of Communion, after, of course, they've been warned and so on, but that they must be. And we received from several of the other bishops who were on that committee with Cardinal McCarrick, they were very upset that Cardinal McCarrick didn't show them the letter. So they, they had a response, but that letter never really made it public and so it lives on in the legacy of pro-lifers. Did you know about it at the time? And what's your take on it now? No, this McCarry wanted to be the uh, big friend of the of the politicians of, of one party, and so and he uh, didn't like to make this confrontation in favor of the life. Was mm -hmm. more interested in his own position to be beloved of everybody, to be the darling of everybody and not to give a witness. What an epical change that would have made if back in 2004, the bishops of the United States would have heeded the will of the Holy Father, John Paul II, and of Cardinal Ratzinger, who later became Pope Benedict. The contradiction to be a Catholic in what position ever, and to be in favor of abortion is absolutely a contradiction. You cannot, you cannot say, yeah, we, we make the laws for everybody, but they have the responsibility uh, to fight for the for the life also in the, in the parliament, in the public, and not all, only because they are Catholics, but every man of you of goodwill, of a humanistic orientation, knows that is, there is no reason and no power of us to declare another person is less worthy than me, no? And I have the right to live, and I decide if the other person has to, to die. Absolutely clear for, the, for your rational understanding, but the more, if you are belief in the word of God, and God as a creator of every life, and you cannot receive the Holy Communion, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who became man, died on the cross, risen in the, in the resurrection, and so, and then the, and the, our Savior, and at the same time, to give the allowance to, to kill persons who are created according to the likeness, the image of God. It's, it's, it's obvious that it's, it's the absolute contradiction. Eminence, I want to thank you on behalf of LifeSite and all the pro-lifers in America, for your great standing for the truth of the faith on life and uh, for your graciousness in having us here. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.